You're listening to Muted History, the podcast where we discuss historical and sometimes current true crime incidents across the world and the impact those events have had on our communities. On this show, we inform, educate, and entertain. Today, we're going to discuss the MOVE bombing. The 1985 MOVE Move bombing was the demolition of 61 residential homes in the West Philadelphia Osage neighborhood by the Philadelphia Police Department after a siege and shootout. A police aircraft detonated an explosive device on the house's roof, igniting a fire that the Philadelphia Fire Department later let burn out of control, demolishing 61 already evacuated neighboring residences over two city blocks and leaving 250 people homeless. The tragedy killed six people and five children in the move complex, with one adult and one child surviving. MOVE was a controversial organization in Philadelphia associated with the Black Power Movement, advocating for Black nationalism and anarcho-primitism, where they aimed for a return to a hunter-gatherer society and opposed modern medicine and technology. The group's activism for racial justice and animal rights caused confrontations with the neighbors and police culminating in the infamous 1985 bombing of their headquarters. MOVE was founded in the 1970s as the American Christian Movement for Life or the Christian Life Movement by Vincent Leopard, who later changed his name to John Africa. The group's fundamental document, The Teaching of John Africa, was written by John Africa with the help of Donald Glassy. The document advocated for a natural-based lifestyle that included self-reliance, scavenging, composting, raw foods, and exercise. Move members that lived communally in the West Philadelphia and other areas since their founding in 1972. Move, M-O-V-E, is not an acronym, but is short for the movement. All MOVE members changed their last names to Africa to symbolize their connection as one family and their identification with African culture. Now, interactions between police and MOVE members turned hostile in 1976 when a scuffle resulted in the death of a three-week-old baby. The three-week-old's name was Life Africa, and he was knocked from his mother's arms and his skull was crushed. Police denied the incident and it was never investigated. Move members became more defensive and built fences around their home. On August the 8th in 1978, police officers surrounded the move house in a blatant display of police brutality. Delbert Africa was severely beaten and that was caught on camera. During the conflict, a police officer was shot and killed. This incident was sparked by repeated complaints from neighbors about the condition at Moves compound, including the, the number of animals, filthy conditions, and Moves' refusal to pay bills. There were also reports of weapon violations and children living in reportedly filthy conditions. The circumstances of Ramp's death were disputed, with Move members claiming that he was facing the home at the time of the shooting, leading to question of whether the bullet could have come from a Move weapon. 
Um, several others were also injured in that 55 day standoff. Now, um, move members were arrested. Their homes were bulldozed and nine were found guilty of murder of the police officer, despite indication that the officer was shot by police crossfire. Ultimately, all nine were referred to as the move nine and they were sentenced to life in prison, life in prison for the third degree murder of James R. Ramp. The existing move members protested the incarceration of the friend of their friends of the move nine. The community moved to 6221 Osage Avenue in Cobbs Creek. It is a neighborhood of the West Hill of Philadelphia in 1981. Um, growing increasingly frustrated with the incarceration, they began to air their concerns with the use of a, a mounted loudspeaker at their new location. For years, neighbors complained to the city about garbage near the building, clashes with neighbors, and move members bullhorn shouts of political messages. In 1985, the police acquired arrest warrant for four move residents, accusing them of, of offenses, including parole breaches, contempt of court, unlawful possession of guns and making terroristic threats. Move was designated as a terrorist group by Mayor Wilson Good and Police Commissioner uh, George J. Sambar. Now, prior to their action, police evacuated the neighborhood's occupants. Uh, the residents, the residents were promised that they'll be permitted to return to their home 24 hours uh, within 24 hours. On Monday, the 13th of May in 1985, about 500 police officers arrived on the scene, fully armed, along with the city manager, Leo Brooks, to empty the complex and execute the arrest warrants. The police had the water and power turned off to compel move members to leave the premises. Commissioner Sambor delivered a lengthy lecture to move, uh, beginning with uh, a move attention. This is America. You must follow the laws of the United States. When the move members did not answer, the police decided to forcibly remove the seven adults and six children who remained in the residence. There was an armed confrontation with police who fired tear gas canisters at the structure. Move members opened fire on them, resulting in a shootout with the with semi-automatic and automatic rifles. Before Commissioner Sambor ordered the complex to be destroyed, police used almost 10,000 rounds of gunfire. Lieutenant Frank Powell of the Philadelphia Police Department dropped two one pound explosives manufactured by the FBI supplied Tovex, a trademark name for uh, a type of explosive material. Um, he dropped it from a Pennsylvania state police helicopter, uh, targeting a fortified bunker like cubicle on the house's roof. Six adults and five children were murdered in the subsequent fire. John Africa, Rhonda Africa, Teresa Africa, Frank Africa, Conrad Africa, Tree Africa, Delicia Africa, Netta Africa, Little Phil Africa, Tomaso Africa, and Raymond Africa. They all perished. 
Ramona Africa, one of the two move survivors from the residence, claimed that the police opened fire on individuals attempting to flee. Mayor Good established the Philadelphia Special Investigation Commission, which was chaired by William H. Brown III. Uh, eventually, Commissioner Sanborn resigned in November of 1985. And in a speech the following year, he stated that the mayor made him the, uh, the, the surrogate scapegoat. Now, on, on the 6th of March in 1986, the MOVE Commission published its report. The study condemned the local government's conduct, claiming the, that dropping a bomb on an occupied row house was inhumane. Following the report's release, Good issued a formal public apology. No one from the local government was charged criminally in the connection with the attack. Ramona Africa, the sole surviving adult move member, refused to testify in court and was prosecuted and convicted of riot and conspiracy. So a a bomb was dropped on her house. Now, I'm not going to say that they were angels because you can't open fire on the police. Um, But I still don't think anyone could have imagined that they would have a bomb dropped on their house. But, but before I get too far off track, Ramona was, uh, had to serve seven years in jail. So of course we had some um, legal things take place after all things were said and done. Uh, I want to say Louise James, the administrator for Frank Africa's estate um, Ramona Africa, and then Alphonse Leopard, the administrator for Vincent Africa's um, uh, estate, all brought cases against the city of Philadelphia. And on the November the 3rd, 1994, Africa versus City of Philadelphia was filed with the United States Court of Appeals in the Third Circuit, appealing a verdict against the police and public authorities. The case was determined on the 6th of March in 1995. The court decided that the plaintiffs did not have a Fourth Amendment claim against the city because there was no seizure when the defendants dropped explosives on the plaintiff's buildings. So they sued, of course, because, you know, they dropped bombs and killed all these people. And um, but because there really wasn't a seizure, they didn't seize anything. There was nothing that they could sue for in in this particular case. Um, City officials and police officers had qualified immunity from liability under 42 USCS 1983, but the city did not. So a federal jury awarded 1.5 million civil action verdict to the, the survivor Ramona Africa and the heirs of the two victims killed in the attack in 1996. Uh, the jury determined that the city used excessive force and violated the members' constitutional rights to be free from arbitrary search and seizure. Seizure. Ramona was granted $500,000 for her anguish, suffering, and body bodily injuries as a result of the fire. Philadelphia was dubbed the city that bombed itself in 1985. In 2005, federal judge Clarence Charles Newcomer presided over a civil lawsuit in which people sought damages for being relocated as a result of the enormous destruction caused by the 1985 police bombing of MOVE. A jury returned a verdict of $12.83 million against the city of Philadelphia. The Philadelphia City Council adopted a resolution in November of 2020 to publicly apologize for the MOVE bombing. 
On May 13th, the anniversary of the attack, the bill was also created an annual day of observation, contemplation, and recommitment. The bones of the two children, 14-year-old Tree and 12-year-old Delisha, have been housed in the University of Pennsylvania Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology since the bombing. In 2021, Why Billy TV's pen announced that the bones have been transferred to researchers at Princeton Institution. And according to the museum, albeit the university was unclear about their specific location, Janet, uh, Janet Mung, an adjunct professor of anthropology at the University of Pennsylvania and a visiting professor at the same subject at Princeton University, utilized the bones as case studies in films for an online forensic course called Real Bones, Adventures in Forensic Anthropology. MOVE members today were stunned to learn this with uh, Mike Africa Jr. declaring they were bombed and burnt alive and now you want to retain their bones. The city stated that the remains had gone unclaimed by the family following the bombing. But in May 2021, the city of Philadelphia's health commissioner, Thomas Farley, resigned under pressure after it was revealed that in 2017, he'd ordered the cremation and disposal of the victim's remains without identifying uh, them or contacting family members. The uncremated remains were discovered in a box labeled move in a refrigerated area of the medical examiner's office a day after Farley's resignation. And at the time of this recording, there has been no resolution to the custody of the, uh, for the, for the bones for those children. Here are some points to ponder. Reconciliation attempts are underway uh, with representatives from the city and the move community uh, Wilson Good, the first black mayor of Philadelphia, is one of the representatives of the city. One of the representatives for MOVE is Mike Africa Jr., who started, who stated the following. Wilson Good, for me, has always been the boogeyman. After meeting with him, I came out literally vomiting. He's the face of the bomb that killed my family. The man who said after the bomb was dropped that if he had to do it again, he would do it. So to sit in a room with him even decades later was gut wrenching. It's whew, it's kind of hard to make amends. And it's you can't fault someone whose family died in that horrific manner to not want to sit down in a room with someone who gave it the green light and then justified it afterwards. Uh, it's still unclear as to whether any form of restorative justice will come from these reconciliation attempts. Each member of the MOVE community adopted the surname Africa to demonstrate their dedication to racial equality, as well as to um, one another as a family. For years, they had been an ongoing struggle with Philadelphia officials, which culminated in May and arrest warrants being filed for a variety of charges, including terroristic threats, riot and disorderly behavior in a standoff that concluded with the bomb being dropped on their property. So here's some five takeaways. Ramona Africa was able to flee with only one of her children. Uh, she has since stated, we don't want no apology. They can't make up for what they did. They can't bring our people back who they murdered. 
Janine Africa lost her son in the bombing and was told that her son had died with no further explanation at all. Janine was in prison at the time of the attack. A prison guard said, your son is dead and closed the door to her cell again. The man who dropped the bomb on the move complex has since given an interview with the guardian in which he stated that he does not wrestle with any guilt from what happened that day. He stated what we did that day has never bothered me. He said, I went up in that helicopter with the truest intentions of getting those people out unharmed. It didn't happen that way, but it wasn't our fault. I can live with that. Oh, that's just kind of sickening to my stomach. Uh, the police officers fired more than 10,000 rounds of ammunition that day. And it's amazing that this was in a city block that they actually shot 10,000 rounds of ammunition into a home and dropped bombs on it. And almost 50% of the occupants of the home were children. Efforts to increase public awareness about the bombing only began on the 35th anniversary of the attacks. Several of the people affected by the bombing are understandably skeptical about these efforts. And I kind of understand Ramona Africa's sentiments. You can apologize all day, but you set somebody, you, you bombed someone's home and burned them to death. Like that's what you did. Um, And regardless of what that siege should have or could have looked like, in one day, you all literally murdered an entire family. And lastly, there had never been a formally issued apology from the state or the police department until the 35th anniversary of the bombing. And I can imagine it, the, all those victims and the families of those victims really having a distaste or a, or a unsettledness for an apology. An apology will not bring them back. An apology will not set it straight. And while any armed action against the police, I would uh, discourage all. uh, It still doesn't warrant murder and setting children on fire and then possibly shooting at them when they tried to flee. So that was this week's episode of Muted History. I hope you learned something new. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please reach out to us here at the show and you might hear your comment on the show. Thanks. Catch you next time. Hey, this is a free podcast. And one of the easiest and simplest ways for you to support us is by rating and reviewing the show. So do it now before you forget. If there's a true crime incident you want us to cover, or if you have a question, message us at contact at mutedhistory.com. That's contact at M-U-T-E-D-H-I-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Tell your people about the podcast. Your recommendation helps our show grow. little additional information if you ever wanted it the move nine those that were convicted of killing james j ramp the police officer their names were merle phil chuck michael debbie janet janine delbert and eddie africa
Uh, I do have an update on each of these. In 2018, the first of the Move 9 was released. That was Debbie Africa uh, after spending 40 years in prison. In October of 18, the second member was released. That was Michael Africa, Debbie's husband. Now, two of the Move 9, Merrill and Phil, died while they were incarcerated. Janet, Janet and Janine were released in May of 19 and Eddie in June of 19. Dilbert was released in January of 2020 and Chuck in February of 2020. Unfortunately, Dilbert died in June of 2020. This was just a quick update on the move nine and where they are today. <laughs>